Welcome to this podcast. Here we discuss introspection, being, development, and all the good stuff. Okay, so I want to explore anti-Semitism, but from the angle of the Islamic tradition. So it's important to explore a friction of identities different than let's let's call it the secular anti-semitism and in doing so maybe we wouldn't even call it anti-semitism we would call it friction of identities and and whatnot and so let's let's first understand the islamic tradition the jewish and the jewish tradition and see where the disparity is at and so First, let's enter. I like to focus on the Islamic Golden Age. Um, for those who don't know, it's this period of just great intellectual strides in the Islamic world and the ones who brought all the Greek intelligence to the Western world. They were the bridge that brought all the information to the Enlightenment, all that all those books were translated from from Arabic. And so, I mean, there was the original Greek, but in terms of tradition, that's where it went. And so, let's understand what the Muslim identity is doing, hosting, and I just gave away the thing of, of hosting this intellectual strata that, that had, you know, Jewish intellectuals, Christian intellectuals, place of study, of, of books, of, of knowledge, of mathematics, and astrology, and science. And, and so, let's, let's take that notion of hosting, right? So, the Islamic tradition, different than the Christian or the, the Jewish tradition, is, is very much a focus on being the host, being the host of hospitality is a very strong theme for them. And the host is that we want to ensure. Okay, so moving on from the, the, the other conversation that we had regarding anti-Semitism, the secular anti-Semitism, the Jewish identity represents consciousness and progress into the future it represents the push to to extreme evolution at all costs now the vulnerability of the jewish tradition is that it's extreme it's progress no matter what progress whoever is getting sacrificed as long as the conversation continues as long as we're getting somewhere into the future into the evolutionary future and and by the way, it puts its camp of evolution in the in the progress of the mind, because once the mind got access over itself, no more is evolution a, a physical thing. It's how developed the mind is, the best theory possible. And so the Jewish tradition is pushing the best theories possible. And so that's the that's the Jewish identity. That's what Moses represented, and that's what 
that's what that's what they fought for and that's what they stand for it's it's called monotheism and it's called the belief in one god but what that really means is an interconnected relationship with everything it's all of nature spinoza elaborates on that and it's also a a universal experience the romantics come out of it and so the science everything in a way comes out of that theory now it's not to it's not to place pride in that camp because every every environment is affecting the the growth of of a society but that that is what the jewish identity represents now the muslim tradition and the christian tradition which is very interesting is coming out of the Jewish tradition, the Jewish identity, and saying they didn't do it right, we're going to do it better. But they're still standing on that same theory. So the Muslim tradition is not saying, please progress, please, you know, enter into the intellectual strata of the world. But it is saying, don't fail in your progress. And that's really what a host does, right? What a host does is come in here. We don't really have to go anywhere with our relationship. We don't have to make something about our hosting relationship. But the one thing we do ask, every host asks of their guest, is to is to participate in allowing themselves to feel at home in that environment. And what the host is offering in the Muslim tradition is, I want to allow your potential to be, right? So the Islamic tradition is, is a protector of potential. And we could also say it's a protector of the vulnerabilities of the Jewish tradition because Jewish tradition is extreme in nature of progress and the Islamic tradition is saying, wait, wait, wait a second. Don't go into the intellectual strata until you've taken care of what you need to take care of like a good host it's like make sure you you're you're getting what you're needing before what you want right make sure everything's being taken care of for you and so the islamic golden age produced this perfect dynamic where the the Jewish people in that environment were happy to be hosted, understanding that, you know, there there needs to be someone just mitigating and calming the storm and not allowing for the dynamic or the, the progression to go unfounded. And the Islamic hosts were, were happy to be a part of this political axis that that pushed culture forward and allowed culture to progress forward and the poets the poetry that came out of there and and it's just it's immense you know and it's almost like the appreciation of poetry in greece is only recognized based on the islamic golden age that really took it to the next level okay so that's 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 a single point. Now the friction between the two identities is that the Jewish identity is not taking care of 
they're they're not allowing themselves to be hosted in some sense they're not allowing themselves to be vulnerable right because a person that can't be a guest can't be vulnerable so so it's they're not allowing that that like okay check yourself type of experience and i would say the jewish identity is like this is this is um this is a people this is an identity that doesn't care about the future it doesn't care about life and 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 getting somewhere in some sense and so that that would be the disparity between the two identities now it's only natural that the jewish theory is going to evolve and so its evolution is through the islamic tradition because because of the fact that the the vulnerabilities can't be covered within the jewish tradition or weren't covered wasn't covered in the jewish tradition and so even if there was no muhammad and no islamic tradition there would be another version that would be an islamic tradition that would have came out because it was just a res environmental response now when you get to the christian tradition which goes a little bit further back the christian um, tradition is is a little bit different than two but let's focus on the the islamic disparity to the jewish identity the islamic tradition is like this they are willing in some sense their theory again it's all about their thesis the islamic tradition is willing to stay in the background of the political arena the future of culture you know the west let's call it nowadays for generations they're they're completely happy only to serve as a as a, a backstop or a, a reservoir of protection when needed meaning they'll be called out of the of the background when things go haywire and so which is interesting because that 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 is in some sense a noble sacrifice to say we're we're fine being irrelevant for many generations in order to be relevant at some point and that is really what a host is right because a host in some sense is irrelevant you're just there people come and they stay and then they leave right you know the host in general is as we said somebody who sacrifices normal relationship dynamics and does so in order to allow all the vulnerabilities and all the worries and all the existential chaos from the outside to be left at the door to create a safe haven for the guest to explore themselves that is the ultimate host so the ultimate host is also sacrificing the political engagement between normal dynamics which would have certain vulnerabilities be protected on each side you know a real relationship where people are not ready to open or deal with all of themselves toward with other people but the guest 
in a host's environment becomes able to do all that. So that is one reason why the Islamic tradition has such a focus on hosting. Now, there is another aspect to the Islamic tradition that's important to note. And that is that when the time comes to, you know, fix those who've progressed so much in consciousness that they're bound for failure, they're not accepting their vulnerabilities, like we all saw that happened in World War II, when that occurs, the Islamic tradition goes full force. Now, when you have a beer who hibernates for so long, for so many generations, and then finally their theory, their their relevance becomes important in the political conversation, they go full force. They go, sorry, full force. What that means is that they are ready to meet the political axis with whatever it costs. And not only that, they'll do so chiefly in the environment that makes those who progress so far, those who got to the moon, make those people feel their weakest vulnerabilities smack in their face where they can't ignore it forever. It's just there. So in some sense, they they go to the other extreme and produce the most extreme art form in the form of murder and, again, not murder, in the form of, it's murder, but in the form of using the body to its limits or multiple bodies in order to produce the effect of making whoever progressed too far aware of their vulnerabilities. Okay. There is another aspect, and that is that besides the theory of protect of protecting retrogression in progress that the Islamic tradition is focused on, there's another aspect that focuses on the body. Now the reason that they're focused on the body, I'm not aware of if if the focus of the body comes from the fact that if you focus on the body, you'll never get to a place of, of reaching out to the moon. Or that the focus of the body is the first, meaning first comes the body, and therefore our theory is to, to stay within the body. And so I think within the Islamic world, that could be debated as well, meaning is circumcision most important or is... Um, hosting right we had a choice between hospitality or circumcision right so but either way the body is an extreme focus because when you're in the body you're automatically grounded and so the body is going to be the natural habitat to represent their political statement now there is another aspect, and that is that because the Islamic tradition is willing to lay in the background for generations, 
I mean, you have to understand something here. The Islamic Golden Age, they're the top of culture. And somehow, without too much warfare, they fiddled into the background behind the Enlightenment and stayed there comfortably until the post-World War II. I mean, we're talking hundreds of years without any resentment or hostile sentiment on, on the general. And we have to ask ourselves, how does somebody that's in the heightened culture, right? If somebody, let's take it to the individual. If somebody became the president or became a king, and then you saw them just comfortably going back to the pauper, you know, resident or, you know, simple lifestyle, it would be very questionable. Like, how does that happen? How does that transition happen where they're just comfortable without any hostile resentment towards those who've taken power over them and we would know in the islamic tradition for instance that the reason is because their entire theory allowed them the the religion itself or the identity let's stay away from the religion the the, the language the verbose language the 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 identity told them that they they shall stay in the background because they are not needed because the enlightenment is a progression that's taking account for the body. It's growing. It's, it's steadily growing. It's right. There's not many vulnerabilities there. And so our work is not needed at the moment. There's nobody to host. There's no guest to host in some sense, or there's no, if you're going to approach it from the body, there's no body to, there's no missing body in the culture. Meaning the enlightenment is taking account for the body, like the Greeks did with the gymnasiums. Like they took account for the body. They took account for health and that, that, that sentiment. And so our work is done. By the way, notice that, yeah. The, the 80s and the 90s, there's, there was this extreme anti-female circumcision in the American political agenda that was very much like, how dare you mess with the body, right? So we see already that they, they're they unwilling to explore that conversation. But let's let's move back to the, to that, that age, right? So they're willing to stay in the background because that is a part of their agenda. But when they come out, they come out with the earlier cultural mindsets when they were actually developed. Okay, so the king, right? The president. He was a president, and now he's a pauper. Now he's just a layman. And and then he gets this rise to power somehow. He's going to bring the environment, the world that he knew when he was at his heyday. So, therefore, there will be... Um, an antiquated uh, scene because it's almost like the Middle Ages is calling from the midst because that was when they were culturally relevant and that's when they were deeply educated. And so that is what that's the collective identity is going to be calling out, which is part of their theory and agenda, which is, is, is so logical because they're not needed. 
they were needed then, right, in the Islamic golden age. And now, and they, all of a sudden, they weren't needed anymore, right? The world has moved on and has taken account for their vulnerabilities and the progress, right? So now that they're not needed, they're going to hold on to the culture of when they were needed. So that when there will be a time in the future, post-World War II, that they will be needed again, they will call out from that earlier culture and say, hold on a second. This is when things were right. Let's focus on when things were right. And then we can move to, to, to accept your progress that you've made till now. It's like a, a, a poor card. It's like, okay, now we're going to grade you. It's very much like, uh, the principal in some sense. It's like, we're going to stay in the background. We're going to stay in the office. But then there's a time when the principal just comes down and just says, what's going on here? What's this? Why are they sitting there? Right? Everything is just in question. And so they're going to bring up the middle ages. Now, you might ask, why are they not bringing up the Islamic Golden Age culture? Because that is not the point that they want to bring up. Because that was a good time for the world. They're going to bring up the point where they went into the background and they watched from afar what was occurring, which was right after the Islamic Golden Age, which is this crusade, Middle Age, Dark Age, bubonic plague era which which for them is is being called out at the moment. And so that era had the Western tradition or the the Enlightenment, the the, the pre-Enlightenment days, with extreme focus on the body, more than whatever the Islamic tradition would focus on at the current age. I mean the the amount the depth of torture that was going on, the the public sacrifices of human beings i mean it was just it was it was it it was an extreme focus okay now they're going to bring up that era because that's the era that's just listen to that failure like you saw where you went there right you couldn't you couldn't focus on anything almost like that era is needed now. So then you might ask, oh, so we need to go back to the, the brutal ages of, of, of terrible treatment of human bodies and of human souls? No, but the fact that it's a horror and not a recognized vulnerability is a problem. So they are highlighting that recognize that vulnerability by saying, recognize that that is a vulnerability that you have that you're capable of because your history has it marked and that somehow you've totally transcend in your aloofness to your progress thinking that somehow the body doesn't have to work itself out and all this progress it's like go to the moon but the body doesn't matter anymore and so this is what occurred and this is what is occurring Okay, so now another thing is it's not only that the the sacrifice of the body, whether it's there's oneself or other people, 
is the fastest track to get to the political axis, axis, the political axis that that will highlight the the progress age vulnerability, the the Western vulnerabilities, let's call it. Because it's not only that, it's the fact that 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 might be the only way that they want to focus on the situation, meaning technically, right, the Islamic tradition, the identity could take a, a, a stance of saying, okay, let me be the host. Let me get into this intellectual stuff. Where has it gone wrong? What are we doing here? Right? Where's the body? Where, where, why, why, why are we so expanded? Point to the vulnerabilities. But because they don't know that conversation because they weren't a part of it, they only know the Middle Ages conversation in regards to just the sacrifice of the body. That is the one they'll bring up. Okay, so that is just what the collective identity knows because they're not cultured in the Enlightenment age because they weren't a part of it. They were comfortably not a part of it because it, they weren't needed. And so now that they're needed, they're going to bring up an age that they were a part of and say, hey, what about this? Let's let's hit the political axis right away. Another thing is, the second that they became relevant, because for their theory, right, it, it called upon them relevance, right away they want to meet at the political axis without any wasting time, without any discourse without study without conversation it's just let's hit the political axis 9-11 twin towers top of new york let's just do it right right there it's it hits in a second and and it's a dramatic footprint forever and ever right in some sense um the reason that there's such a focus of that the political axis at all costs is because it will demonstrate the vulnerability best. Now, why is it extreme? Well, because it could be that the vulnerabilities of the West are extreme at the moment. That's one theory. And so, you know, the host, right, is, is saying to themselves, if I host them, they're not going to recognize their vulnerabilities because they're so removed from it. So instead of me hosting them, in a sense, I'm just going to pinpoint the vulnerabilities for them in some dramatic, sacrificial way on selfhood and, and other people. Um, that's one idea. Another idea is that um, that is, as we mentioned, that is what is known because that is where they were cultured in a most more significant way because they're not part of the later traditions in, a, in, in an educational cultured sense. And so it's going to take time for them just to become cultured. Okay. Now, another idea is that it actually works the best. Instead of hosting, you could just point vulnerability right there, look at it, stare at it, it's going to be on your TV screen for the next 10 years. Point at it, and that's it. Um, in terms of, like, proper hosting, it's just complicated. And in a certain sense, it's, 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 it's a fast way to accomplish what they are setting out to accomplish. Okay. 
So that's just a little bit on the Islamic tradition. Um, and then there's the disparity. Okay. So here's the disparity. Okay. For, I'll get to the practical in a second, but first let's get to the disparity. In terms of the, let's say, the Jewish identity in face of that, right? That would be most scary at a point where the Jewish identity is in the most progress, right? If the Jewish identity is not totally focused on consciousness and an aloof fly to the moon type of rhetoric and they're in the body, then it's not it's not a potential threat. It's it's a reminder, but not it's not a threat, right? But when there's an okay, here's the thing. There's an attachment, and this is a strong weakness in the Jewish identity, but it doesn't discount progress because we're only having this conversation because of progress, right? The Jewish identity, I've mentioned before, is they are afraid that if they become self-conscious on their attachment to progress, on their attachment to monotheism, on their attachment to development, then they risk not only the Jewish identity, but they risk the entire world because what could happen is if let's say the Germans got what they wanted and, and got the Jewish identity off the map, what would happen is there would be no people that would be sacrificial in pushing this progress notion. And so it wouldn't happen right away, but it would happen over a couple decades where the notion of progress would just dwindle into the atmosphere. And so there would be a there would be a decline back to pre-civilization days. Unless you have another Jewish another identity that comes up and says, "Okay, we're ready to push it no matter what." But there's nobody who who took that because it's it's there's a lot there's there's a big cost to that. And that's another conversation. But in terms of the Jewish identity, that's what would occur. Now, what's the problem of a decline? It's not just a decline. It's it's mayhem because you can't just be king, be on the top, and go to the bottom. It just doesn't occur like that. What happens is it becomes this self-destructive pattern that eventually gets way worse than pre-civilization, as we mentioned. And... And so there's an existential fear, not just about losing the Jewish identity and its history and its name, but the world being just destroyed in, 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 a, in ashes in some sense because of just, there's no way that it will just regress naturally, nicely back. It's like asking someone who's matured to naturally regress back to their childhood. It just never goes nicely. It's just devastating and it's ugly and there's nothing beautiful or, or functional about that ever. It can never be functional. Only when it's a revisitation, not a regression, right? The difference is that the full personas in regression 
while the revisitation is not the full persona it's it's the third eye just i'm visiting it's not i am right full persona anyway so it's not only an existential threat in terms of the identity it's an existential threat in terms of the whole world and so that that is the the fear that is underlining the the Jewish identity their their over attachment to their theory and their unwillingness to attend to the vulnerabilities behind it now how I mean, the Jewish identity has lasted for a long time. So how have they accomplished this in the past? And let's learn from that. Well, we could study the the first temple era, the Davidic lineage. And we could say that they accomplished that first because they were aware of their vulnerabilities. They... They... They were not afraid of the existential threat. They were courageous in some sense. True courage. Like Tillich's type of courage. It's like Paul Tillich. Like Tillich. Like uh, courage to be. Courage to exist in the existential craziness. Um, And so they were courageous. And then we could call it the Second Temple Era. They relied on the conversations with the, the surrounding nations in terms of their connections, meaning they relied on Persia and relied on Greece and relied on Rome to provide um, um, some sort of reminder at times. In, in, a, in a healthy way, in a, in a dynamical way. It's like, oh, yeah, the, Ro- the, Ro- the, the, the Greeks are teaching me about the body, and the Romans are teaching me about courage. And everybody's like, the vulnerabilities are getting taught from the outside. And it's like, yeah, we'll listen to them, but we don't like them, and like that type of relationship. And it worked kind of, in some certain sense, perfectly well when there was the client-king relationship where the Romans were on top, and they were like, really the true influence but then their the jewish identity just sat behind it and just did their own thing at times it got problematic at the end we know we know the end of that but and so the 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 post temple period of jewish jewish lineage jewish identity the way they handled the the vulnerability is by not handling it. And so you get the rise in anti-Semitism because when they don't handle it, you have... Okay, here's here's another thing. The post-Temple era had the birth of two sub-Jewish identities called Christianity and Islam. We're so used to separating them, but that's that's their birth in some sense. And they're they're following the, the Jewish theories in, in a different direction, but it's still fundamentally a mosaic tradition, Abrahamic tradition. And so we have the 
the clear existential Jewish identity threat from these other religions because they're just right there pointing out our vulnerabilities on our side. They have all our books, right? What makes us unique. And so, so it became what could have been, let's call it like this, what could have been healthy reminders to each other ended up being, it was too familial. It was too dynamical. In a certain sense, Greek was Greek, Athens with Athens, Jew Jerusalem was Jerusalem, right? It worked because they, they, they were separated, but because it was so integrated, because they came from each other and there was these shadows and these, these historical events and whatnot, it was too close that instead of each one serving each other, which happened to occur in the Islamic Golden Age where everybody was just working together in some sense until they were not, it 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 uh it it fundamentally failed for each. So let's move a second to the Islamic Golden Age. Let's move sorry to the Christ, Christian side of things. Okay, so Christianity is the birth of post temple. You don't have Christianity without post temple era. It's just they're connected, and some of the major failures of Jewish identity, Christianity picked up. Okay, so Christianity does not represent. Okay, so Christianity is following a mosaic tradition. Now, what's a mosaic tradition? It's progress, evolutionary progress, consciousness, development, right? Christianity is focused on the. the, the the laws, the subtleties of laws, the subtleties of the tradition. And so the Jewish identity could tend to generalize because they're focused on a very specific theory. And then when it gets to the laws, it gets very intricate. And so the laws become separate. And what are the laws? The laws are manners in which to harness the identity in order to serve the ultimate theory of progress. So Christianity is saying the laws are on your heart. The laws are... You don't need to get stuck in identity in some sense because it's really the theory itself that's important, right? It's really monotheism, so don't get stuck in the identity. And in doing so, they're 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 in some sense like an anti-identity identity. So they they don't have very much to offer in terms of the identity relationship. Later, it, it evolved to that, but in its earlier stages. And also, it, it's covering the 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 vulnerabilities right so islamic tradition is covering the vulnerabilities by saying at least we could live with slow progress or neutral progress but worse is backwards progress the christian tradition is saying that 
progress is not essential unless it includes the sacrificial elements before it. And so it's going into the experience of, of selfhood in some sense and saying, go backwards into yourself and and that way your progress is is true so it it wants true progress and so in a way the christian theory is offering something that seems like revolutionary it's saying oh you want the progress you want the monotheism you want everything interconnected make sure that you are the center of that interconnectedness and and pay attention to the the trueness of it to you the relevancy everything is about the heart it's relevant to you which seems perfect in some sense and then you have the islamic tradition saying the islamic tradition would say to the christian identity and say that you could just make up relevance and that and that's really what the Jewish identity steered away from. It's like, you yeah, know, we're going to get to real objective laws that are, that are superficial in some sense because the claim of relevance, the claim of what is true could always be construed and then you're stuck in the same circle. So and then it's not progress, it's just circling uh in a bubble that's assumed to be progress. And so that's that's what happened in the Middle Ages. It was just like cyclical. It was just an assumption of progress that 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 was willing to just do cut off from rationality, cut off from 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 greatness or whatever expansiveness. So it wasn't really progress. Like if you might you might ask a Middle Ages a person a Christian identified as a christian in the middle ages and they would say are you progressing in your age they'd be like for sure like i think they would assume with with a certain pridefulness that they were progressing and so i mean if the whole notion of the identity was to progress as was to be true to the progression then how do they turn the the darkest ages of of our recent history into somehow a notion that it was progressing and you might even find some some people now that will still say the middle ages was a heightened age of culture um and to prove otherwise why why would you need to sacrifice someone's body to gain culture there's a thousand and one ways to do it without the ultimate sacrifices and and we see the success you know we actually get to the moon, you know, in some sense. Um, anyway, so the Christian identity is focused on true progress. The Jewish identity is focused on ultimate progress. And the, the Islamic identity is focused on staying away from regression. It's the preventive. So Islamic tradition is a preventive uh, measure towards the Christian and Jewish identity. The Christian identity 
it's a preventive measure of losing relevance, which which is in certain eras of Ju- Judaism, especially the 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 post temple era was was a lack of relevance, and so there's room there. And the Jewish identity is is the theory itself of just ultimate progress. It's not getting stuck on its vulnerabilities. Meaning, Christ, the Christian identity and the Islamic identity is a response to the vulnerabilities of the Mosaic tradition. While the Mosaic tradition is not focused on its vulnerabilities because it is the tradition itself. You could go into the back history and, and find in the fact that you know the Jewish identity is really a response to the failures of the Egyptian identity and and that's a good discussion, but not one for now. Definitely not a political. Doesn't meet the political axis of the day. Um, and so, what you have is disparity between them, the identities, because each one is not willing to accept the vulnerabilities of their own in terms and allow the other one to teach them. Also, that each identity will become an existential threat had they incorporated the other identities. Because then it's just let's let's have one identity. Like why why do we if Christianity is just a response of, of to the vulnerabilities of of the Jewish identity and the Jewish identity covers that, then we're we're why would Christianity be so it's almost like Christianity, the Christian identity, would want a certain failure from the Jewish identity, which would allow them to continue to be an identity. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to see the video version of this, check out my channel on YouTube.